Hi everyone, uh, welcome to ELI, the place where you get your daily dose of inspiration for entrepreneurship. And today we have with us Mr. Vishnu Ramesh, who is uh, coming to ELI for the second time. Uh, he's the co-founder of Subtle.ai. Uh, Vishnu, of course, is a graduate of uh, Bits Pilani, and he has already come to uh, ELI to share his journey. So uh, in this particular episode, uh, we will just revisit what has happened uh, since we last spoke and uh, what are, what all changes that has happened to his company and to the industry. If you have not uh, seen the earlier episode, go visit uh, episode number 84. So uh, hi, Vishnu. Welcome to ELI. Hi, Priya. Thanks for having me. Nice to see you again. I would request you again to introduce yourself to our audience. Absolutely. So, uh, hi guys. Uh, again, my name is Vishnu. I'm the CEO at Subtle.ai. And uh, Subtle.ai basically creates custom search experiences out of text sources like documents. So if you're an enterprise and you have, let's say, 2,000, 3,000 documents that have to be looked at very regularly, which is something we find in industries. like. If you look at uh, the banking industry, for example, then there's a very regular need to go through regulations that come up from uh, you know authorities like uh, Reserve Bank of India. Um, so in these cases, there's usually a lot of information overheads that happen because uh, employ in uh, in most cases you can either uh, run like these control F searches on top of documents after opening them one at a time from a very large repository. Right, so that itself is very time consuming. The other option is usually reaching out for an expert's time. But then there's the overhead of actually waiting for them to get on a call with you so that you can kind of bring up all your information requirements. So our solution can basically take in natural language questions. So the way you would ask an expert, you can actually type it out in a search bar. And uh, right, that's fundamentally what we do. We're able to uh, map in these incoming queries uh, to information that's most relevant to them from you know these large volumes of documents. So basically, if I have a question around a document and uh, I'll just type it, uh, it will go like a Google search and it will find the particular segment where uh, the answer to that question is there. Right. So we let our users upload documents and then we let them ask questions and then uh, through the product, you can also give ratings. So that's actually one of the our features that's in the pipelines right now. There's a way to improve the accuracy directly from ratings without any kind of human intervention. Uh, so there are some hurdles with respect to setting that up, but yeah, there are things like that, that, you know, we have, we kind of have on our roadmap. Okay. So now we'd like to know a little bit about the, uh, technology that works in the hindsight to perform that task. So the underlying technology itself, has, I think three key parts, right? The first part is actually being able to cleanly extract data from documents. Because if you look at PDFs today, they would have like titles, they would have paragraphs and, you know, maybe images, tables in a very haphazard manner. So it's actually very difficult to go through that and come up with clean extracts of data uh, that can be fed into the engine. Uh, so that was one challenge. So that, and that effectively became, you know, one pillar of our technology. The second one was actually being able to understand uh, the intent of the user based on what they say. So our... Our, the current version that we have right now has zero dependence on keywords, which means the keyword you use in the question you ask does not matter because the this because this pillar of the tech can basically understand the intent of the user based on what they're asking. And then there are, I, I'll just also quickly mention that there are ways to make domain focused versions of this also from the documents. So that's also one of the pipelines. 
So it's like you start with an open domain and then you can kind of go towards, you know, domain focused solutions. Right. The third part is mapping the intent to the answer itself. So this is where breaking down the whole document helps because now it's all into broken down into chunks. And then the final part of the tech is basically figuring out which extract is most relevant to the query that was asked. Okay. Uh, so th there are some situations where the answer might not be in the documents itself. So that's why we also set up a relevant score against every answer that comes, which we don't show a number. It's basically like color codes. So if the relevance is red, you can basically say, okay, the model is not very confident. It's suspicious of the answer that came. If it's green, then it's like the model also has high confidence. It's a good answer. So it helps the user also kind of filter out uh, these answers. Okay. So uh, in other words, I can say it's a search engine for your private uh, documents or, or your private cloud. Yes, it's, it's, it's a managed search service built on top of documents. Gotcha. with the domain focused angle actually gotcha. uh, now tell us what has happened since we last spoke uh, earlier we spoke you were just pitching the clients and product was just ready uh, to launch in the market what has happened uh, so far uh, yeah things have, things have been good priya since then so we have got uh, initial traction in the form of uh, two defense psus so they are manufacturing use cases and then we were also able to close a contract with the bank, which I think details of the bank we would disclose once we go live for them. Uh, but uh, right, so so that has been good. And I think the second thing that we actually had to work on from you know between that point and now was uh, what the focus would be for the product. We had to figure out where we wanted to you know start uh, which markets we wanted to start tapping into and. Uh, so as per our traction, what we decided to do was uh, get into the BFSI sector, uh, just taking our initial traction with the bank, because we also realized that there are a lot of information related problems uh, that we can solve in the banking sector. And we also realized that there are two ways to solve it. So one of them would be directly selling our product as a search service uh, to these banks where, you know, they can keep it in their on-premise environments where it's still uh, their servers, so their private data is secure. Uh, the other option is actually through existing platforms itself in the form of API partnerships. Mm -hmm. So we have the product that we built, but then we also have REST APIs that can be used by existing platforms. Mm -hmm. So for example, if uh, there are a lot of anti-money laundering uh, platforms out there mm -hmm. that essentially uh, help look for suspicious transactions or any kind of fraudulent activity. Uh, so a platform like this can essentially leverage our APIs uh, to do things like RBI search. So like there are a lot of RBI circulars that come up and uh, they would have their own set of RBI circulars that they would also find relevant either for them or their client. Mm. Uh, so in, in that case, uh, you know, it's possible for them to actually set up a search feature within their platform itself, where anyone logging in can like quickly search from RBI documents, get relevant answers. And that's something that can directly be powered from our APIs either on cloud or on-premise. So they're doing an on-premise offering. We're also willing to, you know, help them out with the on-premise deployment. Uh, but right, so there are these two key strategies that we're looking at initially in the BFSI sector. Okay. So um, and then, uh, yes. uh, one, one key observation I have been uh, making of all product companies uh, after the product is ready, uh, when they look for growth, they integrate with a lot of partners uh, through API. So when we do the integration, uh, there are multiple uh, type of platforms that you can, you can integrate with. How do you shortlist or how do you 
select the platforms to integrate with uh, uh, when you start uh, doing the APIs and all. So as far as SaaS platforms go, some of them can benefit from a document focused search feature. But it again depends on the kind of offering that they have. Uh, so if uh, another example that we're actually looking at very seriously right now is uh, CRM platforms. So we realized that uh, CRM solutions uh, from their uh, sales support angle, there, there'd usually be a lot of documentation that they have to be on top of, whether it's, I think, product documentation or even like support manuals. Uh, and then one more thing, one more thing we realized is there are also a lot of tickets that have to be looked at very regularly. Uh, and the relevance of the ticket comes because there's usually a solution also tagged to it because someone has taken the ticket in the past and then solved. Uh, so in, in cases like this, our solution can kind of help because we, we do it on top of documents anyway. And then it's also possible to feed in ticket information into the same search service. So it's like one aggregated search service where you can initially build it out of documents, but then you can also add custom text sources as per the requirement. And that's something that we support. So we call it the custom driver concept, where you know you can feed in customized sources of information as per how the enterprise is set up. Okay. And uh, speaking of the other business vertical where you find uh, clients uh, by yourself, uh, can you tell us uh, a little bit on how do you search for the prospective clients and how do you approach them? Uh, I, I think I'll just quickly set the context saying there has to be a product market fit. So for us, since we were able to close one client, we knew that there was a product market fit. Hmm. The second thing is, I think every industry has its own nuances. Uh, I, so I can speak for the BFSI sector. Uh, what we have learned from our uh, outreach activity in the sector is, uh, you have to have a clear proof of ROI. Where hmm. like, uh, so, because, and that's that's something that we had a challenge with initially, because we had to, you know, prove that the search can actually help, which is something that we were able to do now with a track record. In some cases, uh, in some, I think in manufacturing use cases, we have a peak accuracy of 85%. Mm. And in the banking sector, it's about 93% right now, just based on internal tests that we keep doing, trying to track it. Uh, but right, so in the BFSI sector, track record matters a lot. They, they need to be 100% sure that it would solve the problem. Because even right now, there's still a little bit of, uh, I would say, hesitation when it comes to AIML products. Mm -hmm. uh, which, but thankfully, it's definitely you know becoming much much better. Okay. Just you can see the differences even year on year. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's reassuring. But uh, I I hope <laughs> that was informative. If you have any doubts on that, I think. Speaking of product market fit, can you help us understand how did you achieve that? Any tweaks in the product or any tweaks in the messaging did you do to achieve your product market fit? So, so the product itself, we had, I think when we initially started off, it was just a prototype that could run uh, searches from PDF data. So mm -hmm. we kind of had to build from that to you know get a more specific definition of that because we can't say we help like uh, enterprises search from pdfs it has to be something like we help banks search from regulations uh, so banks do search from regulations that was a fact so it's always best to kind of start with a 
you know premise and then work up from there mm-hmm. and uh, through our clients and then from uh, you know whatever interactions we were able to have with the bfss sector we had realized that uh, there is a regular need to go through this uh, high volumes of regulations and then it's also a growing problem which means like they have to be on top of all the regulations up till now or like possibly from like 2012 until now and then even from now week in week out there are new regulations that come in so it's a big set to look from and it's also a growing set and uh, right so in, in in scenarios like that so and then of course the question we also have to get more specific from that right we need to understand where they need it so if you look at like uh, a banking structure they may have like 10 to 14 different uh, uh essentially lines of business so we realized that you know our technology can kind of help benefit different lines of business in different ways for example if you look at training and onboarding when a new employee joins a banking enterprise they definitely have to get a lot more aware of the regulations that have come out from rbi in the past and present uh so to help with you know more information onboarding that's something that our tech will be a very powerful product for because it saves a lot of time so of course they they would have their existing infrastructure right they would have like uh, smes that are probably doing like training sessions for new joinees and such but our product will be able to kind of really speed up the process mm. just by you know allowing employees to ask their questions based on where they have doubts and then they work up from there and then of course if they want to read through a document we obviously help them find the relevant document also because they ask a question they get an answer and then from each answer you can either download the full document or uh, we actually show the answer highlighted in a sub pdf that will open in a new tab so so you can kind of see your answers in the documents also um right understood I, i'm sorry you can let me know if that cleared it or absolutely um now tell us uh, any any changes that that has been uh, done on the finance part how are you funding your operation did you raise uh, investments or how is it so we did uh, raise a small friend and family round from a relative mm-hmm. uh, so that that is a very small round just to kind of help us in between uh, paychecks uh, but then at this stage we are at the early revenue period where we have gotten initial revenue from our client contracts and then we're also as we complete our contracts with our existing clients which we expect to do possibly over the next one month uh, but as we complete the contracts that we effectively you know some of burn that comes uh, at present we are of course focusing on scaling market presence in india but then we are also exploring raising a 300k uh, angel round at this point we uh, might do it from a vc or you know we might also do it from uh angel so that's something that we're still exploring but uh yeah we would as per our timeline we basically want to do it after uh, we scale up a little bit more we want to uh, i think you know get a little bit more traction uh build on top of our existing customers and we think that's when the time would be right gotcha uh any pivots did you do to your business model uh, so far oh we had to so when we started we were actually focusing on uh, the legal sector in india mm-hmm. we uh, we did realize, so that was a very natural thing to go to and i think that's something that we still get a lot every time we bring the product up the first thing they say is hey what did look at the legal sector is there anything you try to do there uh, so yes so there were about two or three pivots so initially we did look at the legal sector 
but then we realized that uh, it's still not viable enough at least in india mm-hmm. and uh, we also and there's also a tech compatibility in some sectors so at that at the stage that we were at we did not know how to make these domain focused versions of the models mm-hmm. which is something that we can do now but at at that point you know so there were a couple of hurdles that we didn't see through uh i think around that time was when we had got uh, you know the contract uh with the bank which was like our initial traction uh and that's when we started considering it but since as per the contract we were building the mvp over maybe an 8 9 month period uh we started trying to play out all our options just do a lot of market sector analysis and uh, understand what our competitors are doing uh, so that you know we can get a clear idea of what makes most sense and uh, right so it there was some exploration in the pharma sector also which we still believe there are uh, problems in that sector also that we can solve uh but we over time uh, one mistake we made was we uh, tried to be too distributed in terms of the domains mm-hmm. which is something that you know we have fixed now so right now we have essentially razor sharp focus in the bfss sector uh we're going to try selling this to banks and then we're going to try selling this to platforms that also sell to banks who may want to set up a document search feature that would essentially complement the offering that they already have so it can kind of come up as you know a value added service what is the north uh, star metric that you follow at your company uh, so there there are a couple but then uh, i think one i would say is definitely uh, hitting 250000 users so that's something that we want to that you know that's kind of the north star that we're running towards like that's a target that we want to hit which uh, with our uh, existing client base that's something that is possible over the next month so so that's something that you know we're very excited about but that's yeah the north star that we're targeting right now just kind of you know trying to scale to a quarter million users okay uh, any growth hacks that you are uh, doing um, um, right now to scale up your uh, user base or anything i would say get involved with a lot of the communities in focus like for example if just as an example if you're creating a competitor for uber there'd be a lot of community forums that are kind of one talking about these apps but then two also talking about like different issues around like carpooling and you know you kind of if you're able to tap into a community problem that kind of you know being broadcasted uh, to such an extent uh, it's the best thing to do to kind of you know build your solutions to work up from there to say like okay so what do they need to fix this and then because do, doing things like that it would also there would also probably be minimum pivots once you have information like that mm-hmm. so it it takes some time uh, kind of going through quora feeds and like reddit and like kind of or like different platforms itself that have like focused user bases and like uh but it 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 helps a lot it's it's you should kind of picture the startup as like a ship going over the ocean and then like being able to look at different sectors is kind of like seeing okay the path ahead like what is uh, the best thing to do and right so what i, I feel like yeah go on no no i was just saying i, I feel like organic growth comes when there's that perfect line between the problem and the solution usually hurdles to scale come when there's like you know some sort of drift between what the users want and what is being offered 
which is, I think, something that naturally a lot of startups face. We have also faced. So you kind of identify what the drift is and then you work towards it just to, you know, keep the fit as perfect as possible. What are the challenges that you have uh, faced so far while uh, uh, um, growing up the venture? Of course, while building, you had some challenges and that you had explained during the last interview. Now tell us what has been the challenge in last one year. Uh, I think I think one challenge was trying to keep our uh, unique selling point, you know, very different from what's being offered in the market. So that was something that we had to be very careful about because we realized that you know there are a lot of uh, solutions coming up in the market. Uh, there are you know big players like Amazon also that have uh, Amazon Kendra, but then there are also uh, players that are creating very focused solutions. So there's a company called ThoughtTrace that uh, does this on top of legal contracts specifically. Mm -hmm. uh, so we realized that, you know, we had to have clear focus of who we're going to solve the problem for. And then we also have to have clear focus of what our unique selling point is. So just being able to deploy uh, on-premise and cloud, to, just to have those two options, we're kind of able to filter out some of the big players. Uh, coming to other players, yes, it, it is. So information access is a huge market that's kind of broken down into these domains. And there's also a need to create these uh, domain-focused solutions. So I think that's where so a company like Thoughtcase is. They would, from what we have understood, they are looking at uh, exploring other markets also outside legal. But it all seems to be oriented around contracts. So if they're dealing with legal contracts, these could be like you know manufacturing contracts if they try to get into the manufacturing sector. Uh, I, I might be wrong, but uh, that's what it appears to be. Uh, Right. So, and, and creating these domain focused solutions is an issue. And as far as our uh, competitive advantage goes, I think one thing I would say is, uh, it's, uh, one of our advantages is in how we develop the models. So it's not just a one-time build model. And then, you know, that's deployed for you. It's more like, uh, we build the, uh, we provide the open domain model and then the, uh, the client checks out the accuracy for that. Uh, if they like it, that's great. If they don't like it, we can create domain focus. Uh, we can create domain focus models out of the documents directly. And then that usually does, it, does the job because what happens with creating this domain focus, uh, models is at a high level, the model is able to understand the ontology of the domain because like each domain has its own, like linguistics, right? They have their own terminology. Mm. Uh, so that's something that gets essentially learned at a high level with these domain focus models. Uh, what also happens then is like beyond that, there would be the ratings improvement, like I mentioned mm. that, you know, so like they can keep giving like zero to five star ratings to each answer. And, uh, over time we can kind of aggregate all the ratings and then the model can make improvements based on that. So that's how they can actually see the product improve over time. Okay. in a consistent basis until you know it at some point it will get saturated where they have all their information requirements taken care of so uh from a product standpoint what is the vision forward uh what is the long-term goal uh sorry did you see from a product standpoint yep so uh in terms of product yeah there we would i think we have decided to keep focus on improving the core technology apis itself uh, so some of those improvements would be like uh, being able to uh, improve the range of data that we ingest. So right now the data can take in uh, documents, it can take in like custom tech sources, which means like, you know, if enterprises have like pieces of information that they want all their employees to find, if they have to find it, 
they can kind of feed in data like that also into the search. So it's truly a customized. Uh, so we would kind of build on that to feed in more source of data. There is uh, some exploration that's happening with uh, databases. So databases is of course a structured format of data, and then they have it's like it's essentially like trying to access information from a table, which mm -hmm. is like it would have its own nuances compared to you know a text-based search. Uh, but that's something that we're exploring. And then based on the uh, validation that we see for these prospective opportunities, that's we would essentially scale up the data, the types of data uh, that we can handle. Okay. Uh, so uh, as an entrepreneur, you are not only handling the uh, technology side of it, you are also handling the business side of it. And uh, at times when uh, uh, you do both the things together, it may become little uh, restless, tired, or uh, stressful for you. How do you manage to be consistent throughout your uh, journey of entrepreneurship? It's, uh, I think the first thing you understand is you cannot do everything on your own. If you truly want to build something like you kind of have to you know rally the guys who are with you and then you have to delegate right. so as far as the as far as my relationship with subtle.ai goes i basically started off as one person in the tech team that built the initial prototype mm -hmm. which i it's more it was more of a proof of concept then so it was like a summer internship in 2018 and then uh, so i had started from there with the tech background but then over time i had to transition to a more executive role and then as i transitioned i also had to get people in who could take in responsibility for different elements of the technology mm. so i'm still very involved with the tech team and then i still contribute as per required uh, but then now we have successfully built a tech team that we can fully trust a product and tech team because my co-founder actually handles a lot of the product initiatives mm. Uh, so the way we run the startup is like uh, i oversee outreach operations and then i'm also involved with the tech team mostly uh drawing room discussions so there's a lot of uh, so there's a lot of planning and strategizing in terms of the tech also that happens mm. of course fully guided by prof manish Shivastava. so i would also mention uh professor manish is uh the chief scientist of the startup and uh all of our initial prototyping and from prototyping till this mvp stage uh he was involved uh, through the process you know constantly helping us out uh with the research experience that he has amassed over the last uh, 15 years Absolutely. Uh, now, uh, I think we are almost out of uh, time. Just have one question, one final question for you. Tell us what have you learned uh, in last one year uh, so that uh, we can learn from your learnings and we, uh, we don't have to go through the same learning process again that you went through. So what I realized was with every startup, there's a window of opportunity that comes up. Now, the there's also a condition for it, which means you have to kind of write out the process of uh, building it and finding customers and kind of going through it. And then, uh, you know, you would deal with rejection along the way. We've, we have definitely had our share of rejection where I think at some point someone had said, uh, I think you have found a good problem, but I don't think you can solve it. So we had, you know, things like that that was coming in and like, you have to, you know, you have to write it out. You have to be okay with not doing a great job at it first. And uh, I think that humility and that openness to kind of grow from there is more important than, you know, where you actually are. Uh, so, and I believe as long as you keep doing that, there would be a window of opportunity that comes up. And then once the window of opportunity opens up, you'll know how much time you have. 
and then it's you know usually a very critical period and the window of opportunity and it's like over that point is like essentially where you're almost at the peak and then you kind of cross it that uh, i think it's it's that initial point of like you know achieving revenue from the product market fit so that's something that uh, you have you have to be very aware of that there's going to be a window of opportunity and then when it has to come we have to be ready you know come to it it's a it's yeah it's kind of like amassing everything that you've done until that point and then at some point it looks like it so that's how overnight successes also happen it's called an overnight success because one night something crazy happens and then once that crazy thing happens they start looking at all the things that he did over the last like you know or he or she did over the last like 5 to 10 years hmm. and like that because that's how artists also become famous right so they keep let's say they keep putting up songs on youtube and then suddenly you find like one song and it's like oh this is a very nice song and then look at all the songs and that's it the famous overnight so true so that, that it's it's a very you know consistent process and yeah it does involve a lot of work and it does get difficult like there are there would there's definitely a lot of uh, i would say mental wrestling <laughs> that happens with the team also internally and i think that's important you have to challenge each other as you know you have respect for each other and you know take it uh, professionally but you have to be able to mentally wrestle to kind of challenge each other to do more which my colleagues definitely challenge me and i also try to challenge them so it's kind of a bidirectional relationship awesome well i must say it was a great pleasure to have you again in eli and uh, thanks for your time and uh, i would say my best wishes for subtle.ai i will uh, like to see it growing thanks priya thank you so much